Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Oh, hey there, friends. It's me, Nick, your host of Nick's Nerd News. That's this show, Nick's Nerd News. And welcome. And got a lot to talk about today. The Oscars were this weekend. Mortal Kombat came out. And just just a whole lot, a lot uh, coming out. I don't know what the hell I just said. <laughs> but hey, as always, if, if you're new, welcome. Glad, to, glad you're here. If you've been listening week after week, welcome back. Happy to have you. If you guys like the show, share, subscribe, poke, prod, blast from the airwaves, share, send, send to a friend snail mail it whatever you guys want to do i'm gonna support it <laughs> but anyway let, let's let's just get into it shall we well what's going on in the video game world huh well uh ea announced that while we will be hearing about whatever battlefield 2021 is going to be soon they also announced that it will be getting a standalone mobile game mobile shooters are really on the rise i mean hell apex was announced last week battlefield this week Looks like EA's just hop, hopping on the mobile shooter game, finally. Took them long enough. Uh, with Pokemon Snap releasing on Friday, yes, on Friday in two days, we'll, we'll be talking about it next week, uh, Fujifilm and Nintendo have announced a new partnership for their Instax camera. Uh, it's one of these, like, instant print cameras where you can print photos. It's a, It will have the ability now to, I guess you can get an app on your Switch, and you'll be able to print photos from the... Uh, from Switch or from Pokemon Snap right there for yourself to, to post and hang and hang and annoy people with, with if you like. Uh, I saw fun reviews pretty much saying it's like it's a, a 21st century version of, of a Game Boy camera, essentially, which I'm sure will make a lot of people happy. But also will allow people to add like Pokemon-themed filters to their regular photos because you'll be able to, to hook it up to your to your phone as well because uh, it's, it's already been existing um, in a new earnings call from CD Projekt Red, uh, we finally learned the fallout from from what happened last year with all the refunds, and uh, it's looking like it's it. They ended up issuing about thirty thousand refunds, and overall, it will cost the company uh, close to fifty one point two million dollars in losses uh, between refunds, um, not being on the PlayStation Store still, and and projected refunds and things like that and lost lost revenue uh so it's projected um up to up to 51.2 million dollars that's a that's a lot but not not a whole lot but a lot i mean they still sold a, a shit ton of copies so they didn't sell the projected but they did sell over 10 million wild to think about uh also i i'm sure many of you know but verdansk 84 is now live in call of duty Warzone. Uh, i hopped in for a couple of rounds last week the map is very different. Yeah, yes, it is. There's no dam. Um, the The canal isn't fully built. The city and downtown is a lot smaller. Uh, the buildings are painted different colors. There's a There's an array. There's a a, a radio array, um, and and a lot of a lot of things are are different. The train is still there. The airport's still there, but what what used to be like open land and stuff. There's now factories in place. There's there's a lot more going on on the map. 
um, with it being it's it's the same size, but with with it being very different. Essentially, they have stated they have no plans to go back to the old Verdansk. So just keep that in mind when you guys are hopping into Warzone. If you haven't played in a couple weeks or months, the map is going to be a lot different than it was than the last time you played. Um, also, uh, Super Potato, which is a renowned, world-renowned uh, classic game store in Japan, has opened a international eBay store. So now you don't have to travel to Akibara in Tokyo to uh, buy retro games from from Super Potato. And you can do that now on, on eBay. So that's that's really awesome. I know a lot of people go there. It's a uh, Again, it's world-renowned for their retro game collection and to be able to purchase. So I know a lot of people do travel there. And if it's hard, it's hard to travel right now, so it's a, a good way to, to get in on it. Um, circling back to EA for a bit. Uh, Respawn Games has announced that they are they are working on a new franchise. They are spiraling up a team to get a new franchise getting and going off the ground. And if it's half as good as Titanfall, then we're in for a treat. The Oscars were this weekend. And uh, two video game companies actually won Oscars for the first time ever. And, and of course, uh, Respawn Entertainment was one of them. And... Uh, Respawn and Oculus Studios uh, won for co-producing a short documentary uh, that was uh, in the Medal of Honor Above and Beyond uh, VR game. Uh, so it's a World War II documentary about uh, Colette. Uh, I guess it was called Colette. It was uh, won the Best Documentary Short Subject Award at the uh, the Academy Awards last uh, on Sunday. And like I said, it was co-produced by Oculus and Respawn. It was part of the gallery mode in Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, which was the VR game they released last year. And it's it's crazy that video game companies are winning Oscars, for one. Granted, it, it was a real documentary. Uh, and it's about Colette Marin Catherine, a former member of the French Resistance. Um, and she returns with history, a history student to Germany. Uh, she, had, she hadn't been there since World War II. And went to the concentration camp and, and things like that, and um, it's it's all uh, all about that. So it's it's a good um, it's a it's a good thing that video game companies are are finally getting their recognition. But yeah, uh, two video game companies won an Oscar for a short film that was in a game. Um, also, we finally found out what Games with Gold and PSN or PSN Plus games will be for the month of May. On uh, Xbox Live Gold, Games with Gold games, we have Armello, Dungeons 3, Lego Batman, and Tropico 4. On PSN Plus, we have Wreckfest, which I think is going to be a PS5 exclusive for PSN Plus games. Uh, also, Die Last, Battlefield 5. And Stranded Deep. Those are going to be your PSN Plus games for the month of May. Um, also, so Jim Ryan, you know, president of CEO, president and CEO of Sony, or PlayStation, I should say, um, has been being interviewed a lot lately and, and said that uh, they're talking about increasing supply on, on the PlayStation 5, of course, um, but they're also going to have more exclusives than any PlayStation generation before it, which either A, means PlayStation 5 is going to be around a lot longer than PS4, or B, 
I, I don't know how they're going to back that up. But it, it's come out now um, that Sony is going to aggressively invest. So in, in their first-party studios, and they want to make more partnerships with third-party studios. So I, this was during their earnings call. The CFO of Sony overall, Hiroki Totoki, uh, said that they want to uh, enhance their exclusive offerings. Quote, we intend to continue investing and partnering with external studios in addition to aggressively investing in our in-house studios, unquote. And um, they've partnered with another Jade Raymond studio called Haven, uh, which is going to work on a new PlayStation IP. Jade Raymond has like, crashed and burned like four times in the last five years, so uh, don't hold your breath on that one. Uh, you know, they also announced a new AAA multiplayer game. Um, and then they also said, quote, We plan to increase development personnel and other costs in our in-house studios by approximately uh, $183 million U.S. million year on year as we further strengthen our in-house software, unquote, despite closing Japan Studio. Um, they've also made investments into Fortnite and Unreal Engine's creator Epic Games. Um, he also said, quote, in, a, in our additional investment of Epic Games, along with the rest of the Sony group, we will also work to enhance the social and platform capabilities of games, unquote. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see where that all goes in, in the future and, and how it all turns out. But it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. And, and speaking of, of PlayStation exclusives... Um, Little Big Planet has uh, been unplayable for quite some time now. All all three Little Big Planet games, so it, which is strange. None of the games have been working. Uh, they haven't been working for some time. Uh, that's one, two, and three. Uh, the servers went down in early March. The single player campaigns are playable, but. People can't play with friends, and, and, and you know, uh, who's the developers? Um, what I forget what the, their name is called, but they, they've been like, I think, what, Media Molecule? Is it them? I don't remember. They've been kind of mum on it. They haven't said anything um, since it, it happened um, until now. So, finally, we have heard from them, so... The f official Twitter account from from for a little big planet said, "Quote: Some of you may have noticed that the servers have been online intermittently over the last week. This is whilst we test the new security updates we put in place. Rest assured, we are still working on resuming the service fully as soon as we can." Unquote. So, it looks like they're upgrading the servers, but it's been like this for I don't know quite a while. Uh, there were rumors of a DDoS attack. No official uh, word on that. Like I said, they were taken down March 12th originally for technical issues. And we, we heard a little bit in, in earlier April, but nothing has changed. Um, and hopefully, I know there's a, still a, quite a big community of little big planet players. They won't have to wait too much longer to really be able to play the game. And, you know, I'm going to circle back to... Today's a respawn heavy day, for sure. But... Some strange is going on in in the land of Titanfall, because Titanfall Two 
has seen a 650% increase in its player base on Steam in the last week. So this is SteamDB, the average daily peak of active players over the last 30 days has got, is up over 6,000 people. It went from 1940 daily users in March to 6,815 uh, yesterday, of all things. Um, that's more than when it went first launched on Steam last year, which is four years after the game launched. And uh, its its previous peak was 13,000 players on a single day in, in June last year. This past Sunday, over almost 17,000 were playing. And I guess it was recently on sale, which would, of course, increase player base. Um, and then also, um, most recently, Apex Legends added a new character, uh, which happens to have tie-ins to Titanfall, and it's the, the daughter of a Titan pilot. So, more than likely that that's why. They've also been teasing a lot of Titanfall-themed things to come in, in, the, in the upcoming year for, for Apex Legends, so I'm sure people are looking to dive in to get a more, a bigger idea, I guess you would say, of, of the world and the lore. And to kind of round out our Sony stories today, uh, PlayStation 5, despite its, its, you know, supply issues, has outsold the PlayStation 4 in its first fiscal year. So PlayStation 5 has sold 7.8 million units in its first fiscal year on sale, which ended on March 31st, um, which has, it's beaten the PlayStation 4 by a whopping 200,000 units. Uh, so the PS4 had sold 7.6 million units in the same amount of time. Um, so Sony revealed them in their, their full year earnings release today, uh, that came out, um, which is wild that it was able to do so despite the, the semiconductor shortage and the fact that you can't like get a PS5. Um, they had their biggest year ever. Uh, they apparently brought in about $25 billion in revenue, uh, just the gaming, uh, sec segment of, of Sony. Uh, hardware sales made up 20% of that revenue. Digital software reached 21%. Um, Add-on content microtransactions, 34%, which is wild. Meanwhile, physical games only accounted for 5% of revenue. Um, and peripherals were 6% of that. So they, they did pretty well. Um, everything should be... Uh, they're, they're probably expecting... They're expecting good numbers the rest of the year, which... Gaming is up year over year in general. They expect to sell another 14.8 million PS5s this year. I don't know how they're going to do it because you can't get them. Um, and they are actively working on increasing supply. Um, but, of course, PS4 saw a slowdown in sales last year. Uh, they only sold 5.7 million units, um, down from 13.5 the year before. Um, they're doing pretty well. And then Microsoft, of course, announced their uh, earnings, and they had a quite a good quarter three as well, final, uh, final earning. Uh, so in their earnings call, Microsoft reported gaming revenue was up 50% year over year, uh, jumping from $2.35 billion for the same period to $3.5 billion this year, uh, or for 2020, if you will. Um, it's not a record quarter for them, but... Um, 
because their revenues for October through December last year uh, peaked at $5 billion. So this is just quarterly. This isn't even for fiscal year. Um, and they had peaked over that for the first time ever in a three-month period. Um, but this is just for January through March. Uh, it's usually a quiet one, they say. Obviously, everyone knows that because not a lot of games come out in this time period usually. Um, and they said that the company's hardware sales were up a whopping 232%, which obviously it's a new console is out, so that makes sense. Um, they also apparently wrote uh, Game Pass... Uh, and all that went up $739 million, or 34%. And uh, Game Pass subscribers are way up. And, of course, that includes, you know, with the launch of, of uh, the purchase of ZeniMax and Bethesda and all that. So they had a good quarter. We won't know their full year numbers yet for, for I, I don't think, for quite a while. And our final bit of gaming news today. Uh, not a major story or anything like that, but... Uh, uh, Super Mario Party, you know, the, the Mario Party on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Nintendo announced that free DLC was coming to the game in, in the addition of new online modes and online game, uh, online play capabilities two years after the game released. So yes, you can finally play Mario Party online with new modes, new features, uh, and, and that was all with a free update to the game that released this past week. Um, and, and that is it for gaming today. Um, let's move on to TV. Not a whole lot going on in TV world either, um, but nonetheless, still fun to talk about. And uh, first story is that Justice League Unlimited, yes, the great Justice League Unlimited that that aired on Cartoon Network uh, not too long ago, will be getting a continuation comic. Um, so this is uh, going to be called uh, Justice League Infinity. And it will take place, um, I guess, right after the end of the um, the series. It will first arrive digitally May 13th, so just uh, in just two weeks. Uh, and then the first uh, paperback is issue, the first physical copy, will release on July 6th. And so be on the lookout for that, especially if you're a big Justice League Unlimited fan like myself and fans of the old DC EU, the DC or the DC AU, the DC Animated Universe, excuse me. We also got uh, word on what the HBO Parasite series is going to be about. So based off the the Bong Joon Ho movie that won Best Picture last year. So the 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 show will be an original story, but it will take place inside the universe of the film. So it, it, it's not going to be uh, just a complete retelling of the film, but, but it will be a different story set in the film's universe. Uh, James Gunn has also announced that his Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is set to premiere, I think, next year, um, will take place after Thor 4, or Thor Love and Thunder. And he's already completed the first draft of the script, and hopes to begin filming uh, either late this year or early next year as they're going to start filming uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 fairly soon as well. Um, and then we got news on who has been hired as the head writer for the Ironheart series on Disney+. Plus. Ironheart, of course, will follow, follow Riri Williams, the inheritor to the Iron Man crown. Um, I think she becomes Iron Woman. Sorry, no, she becomes Ironheart. 
Um, and that show will be written by Chinaka Hodge, uh, who currently writes for Snowpiercer. Uh, she's also been a collaborative partner of David Diggs for quite some time. Uh, they started a, a hip-hop group. She's written several poetry books. She is an established writer. She has worked on, on high-quality television before. So I expect her to do quite well for the Iron Heart uh, show, as she is the, uh, which serves now as the another Disney Plus series, MCU series, to be written and uh, helmed by a, a woman of color. And before we talk about the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Soldier finale, I want to talk about something today. Matt Lanter, who you might not know, is a voice actor um, who currently is most well-known for playing Anakin Skywalker on The Clone Wars and some other Star Wars properties. Well, it looks like we haven't heard the last of him as Anakin yet. Uh, he was inter being interviewed by Entertainment Weekly, who said, There's some new Lucasfilm animation going on. I've been part of some things I can't really talk about yet. You'll see Anakin again. I never quite put Anakin down, whether I'm doing a video game or something new for Lucasfilm animation, unquote. Which tells me that either they're going to go back to the Clone Wars at some point, they're going to use him in the Bad Batch, or maybe something else is coming around, um in the prequel era. He did voice Anakin for Battlefront 2. And um, the only thing I'm confused about is, is if it's the Bad Batch, he should be Vader at that point. So that's not going to be exactly the thing he's doing, more than likely. Um, if anything, it could be an another animation project that's in the works that we don't know about. Maybe it's something... Uh, for a game, like I said, may maybe it's something we're not expecting. So, he does a great job of emulating uh, Hayden Christensen. So, it'll be interesting to see now that we'll have uh, Anakin in live action coming with Kenobi. And then, of course, Anakin will stick around in animation as well. Um, that's our final story story for, for TV, what's going on in the TV world. But now what I want to talk about is the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was, was really, was really fucking good. And uh, the show was renamed to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So spoilers, Sam, Sam becomes Captain America. I mean, it was pretty much hinted at since the beginning. Um, there's some epic fight scenes that go down in New York at the end of the, uh, in, in the episode, except there's some really shoddy CGI work. And it, and it all takes place at night, and that's that's where you hide stuff. Um, Sam and his, like, Captain America suit, though, with with the wings is fucking epic. And you can tell that it, it's Wakandan. Um, they probably made it with vibranium and all that, because it's, it's really cool. There's some really cool things that he does with the shield um, that obviously Steve Rogers wouldn't have been able to do. Bucky gets a really great closure moment in it. Um, Zemo is, is felt still. The only thing, though, that, that feels weird and rushed is the stuff with John Walker or, or and how he becomes U.S. agent. And it, it's almost just this, like the world just kind of forgot that he literally like murdered a dude in front of like a bunch of civilians very recently and, you know, two episodes back. And, and like even Sam and Bucky just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's our, our friend and ally now. And it just... The, the turnaround on that seemed way too quick. 
way too quick and it just it it was not a payoff that that i thought worked or 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 anything like that it just it didn't feel or sit right with me and i get what they're building him up towards and i mean we got julia louis dreyfus again in in her character in in her uh cameo role and and of course uh, she is rumored for the black widow film so so we'll see how that all ties in it's just whatever they did with john walker just didn't feel like it it earned that if, if you know what i mean it, it didn't it didn't feel earned so it was strange to to see that that happen um it, it's great to see people accept sam as as captain america um obviously he's just meant for it essentially but overall it's it's really good and i mean it, it felt a little rushed in places and it, it it had really great payoffs and like i said the stuff with john walker felt really out of place and rushed but but it, it overall it worked it really worked and it, it had a nice closure for bucky and a nice closure for sam um hopefully they get a season two and we are going to talk about if we don't get, we're probably not going to get a season two right away, but we're going to get something else. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, before we move on to uh, what's going on in movies, I do want to talk about what's coming to Netflix and Disney Plus next month. Uh, so on Netflix, you got quite a bit, uh, including Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3, Scarface, the original Stargate film with Kurt Russell, uh, the original Zombieland. Uh, Your Highness, which a lot of people like. Jupiter's Legacy, which is the new Netflix original series based on a comic book. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots Season 2. Lucifer Season 5 Part 2, so the final part of of the Lucifer television show. And then, of course, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's new zombie movie, which takes place in Vegas, that stars uh, Batista. Um, Over on Disney+. Plus. Uh, of course, Star Wars The Bad Batch premieres on Tuesday, May the 4th, with a 70-minute premiere episode, and then it will drop episodes every Friday after that for a couple weeks. Uh, we're getting Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and X-Men The Last Stand, so more of the X-Men, or more of the Fox Marvel properties. And then Cruella will, of course, drop later in the month as part of their premiere access uh, as it will also premiere in theaters day and date as well. And then over on HBO Max, uh, a lot of movies being added as well. Uh, Anaconda, I know people hate that movie, but I love it. Uh, Anger Management, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Mortal Kombat from 1995, which is funny because the new Mortal Kombat will be on there till the 23rd. Uh, Rush Hours 1 through 3, Christopher Nolan's Tenet will be added to HBO and HBO Max later this month, or later in May. Uh, 300, Rise of an Empire, which is the sequel to the film, and then Wonder Woman 1984 will be joining the platform again later uh, after it had left early in January uh, after premiering in late December. So that's uh, it for the streaming wars, if you will. And let's move on to movies. And as I teased just a minute ago, We are getting Captain America 4 with Anthony Mackie playing Sam Wilson as Captain America. So as uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier ended, oh, you know what? I want to talk about Sharon Carter as the power broker. That's fucking weird. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, or maybe not. Who knows? But anyway, uh, he will be, they will be giving him a movie. The, The show became the Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's being written at, by the man who, who wrote the show, 
uh, and served as the showrunner, so it'll be uh, continuing that story. I am very excited to see where they take that fourth Cap film. Hopefully Bucky's in it. I'm sure Zemo will be in it in some capacity. That That's almost to be expected. Um, but Captain America 4, starring Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson as Captain America, has been officially greenlit by Marvel Studios. That, that I'm actually stoked for. Uh, moving uh, along here with uh, some more MCU news. We finally know who, who Russell Crowe will be playing in Thor Love and Thunder, or Thor 4, however you want to call it. He will be playing Zeus. So now we're uh, reaching into the other pantheons. And, and granted, there's a both DC Comics and Marvel have, both, have the Greek gods in them. Um, granted, that's how we get Wonder Woman <laughs> in DC. But yes, the, the, the Greek gods exist in Marvel as well. It'll be interesting to see him trading barbs with the Norse pantheon. And uh, we'll see the two gods of thunder. Maybe they'll duke it out. Maybe they'll be friends. Who knows? And um, get this. The Imagineers at Disney have created a free-walking Groot. Yes, Groot animatronic. Like, think if the the masterminds at, at Boston Dynamics had come up with a Groot robot. That's essentially what the Imagineers have done, who they honestly... I don't know how they do it. Granted, they have Disney money, so that that that's how. But still, they they've created a upright walking Groot robot that we may one day see walking around the Disney parks. How wild is that? That 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 is a crazy thought to think that that's even possible nowadays. And it's only 2021. But at the same time, you want Skynet. This is how you get Skynet. <laughs> with 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 walking Groot robots. <laughs> That'd be funny. Like 10 years into the future and the robots have risen up and you're about to like make it somewhere and then I am Groot and then they it it like rips your limbs off. I am Groot. Just no emotion. I am Groot. <laughs> oh, that's dark. That went dark for a second. And then how about this, huh? So the Eternals, the the upcoming Marvel movie about the, uh, like the, the Eternals, (laughs) an ancient superhero team in, in Marvel comics. Uh, it's being directed by Chloe Zhao. And if, if that name sounds familiar, that's because she won the Oscar for best director on Sunday night for Nomadland. And, um, yeah. So, a, a best director winning director is directing a Marvel movie. Now we don't see that a lot or ever so far. And uh, some other news stories came out, especially after her winning, that, um, you know, Kevin Feige was impressed by her use of practical sets. The MCU has has not been shy when it comes to VFX work. And to hear that they're using uh, practical sets on a movie like The Eternals is sure to pique a lot of people's interest. And while we're talking about her winning the Oscars, I do want to go over the winners um, from Sunday night's show. And which also had its its lowest ratings ever. It it barely broke ten million, and it it's never been that low before. But that's crazy. Uh, granted, nobody really went to the movies, so I don't. It's not a political thing. It's just people didn't watch movies, so I don't think they were going to watch the Oscars. Um, 
but best actor was Anthony Hopkins for The Father. He actually thanked, uh, he gave a shout out to, to Chadwick Boseman, um, who he did beat. Uh, best actress went to Frances McDormand for Nomadland, which also won best, best Picture, which of course won Best Director with Chloe Zhao. Best original song was Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Best original score from a film was uh, the Soul soundtrack. Best film editing was Sound of Metal. Cinematography was Mank. Um, production design was Mank. Actress in a supporting role was Yon Yu Zhang in Minari. Visual effects was Tenet. No surprise there. My Octopus Teacher for documentary feature. Short subject was Colette, which we talked about at the top of the show. Feature film, Soul. Animated feature film, sorry. Um, live action short film, Two Distant Strangers. Uh, directing, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Costume design, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Makeup and hairstyling, Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Actor in a supporting role, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, which a lot of people said should have been best actor. Um, best adapted screenplay was The Father. Best original was Promising Young Woman. And where was actress in a supporting role? Apparently they didn't give that role out, that award out last on Sunday. I'm sure they did. I'm just not seeing it where I'm looking. But Chloe, Chloe Zhao, a Marvel movie director, just won Best Picture. That's wild. Anyway, moving on. Thomas Kreshman, um, who's known for playing Von Strucker uh, in the... Uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron. Sorry, I can't think today. Um, wasn't 100% today, <laughs> mentally or, or health-wise. Um, but uh, he has joined Indiana Jones in an undisclosed role. He is a German actor, um, which begs the question, are they going back to German villains for Indiana Jones 5, I wonder? And in a bit of an uplifting story here today, it turns out that a movie theater in Oregon... Oregon's got a lot of stuff that just goes on forever, doesn't it? Movie theater in Oregon played Rocky Horror Picture Show to an empty theater for 54 weeks straight. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course, came out in 1975. It's it's famous for being a cult classic, and people will dress up and go to screenings. And uh, this theater, uh, Portland's Clinton Street Theater, has held Saturday night screenings every week for the last 43 years without missing a beat. And it's it's actually one of the most unbroken streaks in the world of, of Rocky Horror. And even though the theater was closed last year for COVID, not permanently, just for COVID restrictions, the operator there, Nathan Williams, rolled went to the theater every week and 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 played the movie no matter what. So technically it was still being shown. He sat there and watched it every week, either alone, with a friend, with, with a family member, to do it, and he did it for 54 weeks straight. He told Oregon Live, quote, I watched it alone, I watched it during the snowstorm, I was in a position to keep a flame burning, to keep a torch lit. I'm just a guy holding a torch for the city of Portland, for all the weirdos, for all the people who don't have a safe place to call home, we're home. It's just kind of a silly little thing, but it was still a sense of hope. Uh, said owner Lanny Joe Lee. Uh, this is what normal is. Normal is we play Rocky Horror on a Saturday night, and that's what's happening, unquote. 
Um, I guess that guy Williams first attended a screening at the Clinton Street Theater in 1999. And of course, it is one of many. La Paloma here in Encinitas, I know, shows it every once in a while. I don't know if it's every week, uh, but they do show it uh, regularly at the La Paloma Theater, which is like 100 years old. It's this tiny little theater in Encinitas. They don't always play new movies either. Um, but I've yet, I've always wanted to go and I haven't. And I, I probably should do that soon. And then, um, hot off the heels of, of Godzilla vs. Kong's success, uh, director Adam Wingard is now uh, allegedly being courted to helm the next film in the, in the MonsterVerse franchise. Uh, Son of Kong is being thrown around. I doubt they're going to go there. Um, I totally can see them going with a Godzilla, or not Godzilla, but another King Kong movie. Um, to, to since they did Godzilla, King Kong, two Godzillas, and now a, a Godzilla and Kong, I can totally see them going back to do a God or a King Kong movie again instead of Godzilla right away. Uh, and and with what Adam Wingard did with Godzilla vs Kong, I am totally on board with him helming another installment. I think they should bring back you know Jordan Vote Roberts in in some capacity to do another film. I liked what he did with Kong Cole Island. I would totally welcome Gareth Edwards back. Hell. I know he hasn't really done a whole lot since Rogue One, and um, I can't think of who did Godzilla King of the Monsters right now, which I'm going to look up, and I would like um, him to do another movie. He would do really well as well. Michael Doherty, uh, who did Godzilla King, <coughs> excuse me, King of the Monsters, but every director so far in... Um, in the MonsterVerse has has done a, a really good job. And I'd like to see some of them return at some point in the future um, making making films. Granted, Jordan Vogt Roberts is moving on to a Gundam film and a Metal Gear Solid film. So we'll, we'll see when those actually come out. Um, but yeah, Adam Wingard to helm the next film I'm, I'm totally on board with. Um, also announced today that DC Fandom will be returning this October to our digital screens. Of course, DC will have a lot more on offer this time around, as several DC films will be either in uh, production or post-production, such as The Flash and Black Adam, so we'll probably be able to see footage from that. Uh, we'll be just a couple months out from the Batman release at that point, so we'll probably get a new trailer. Um, I'm sure they'll talk about Aquaman 2, which is expected to release next December. And uh, some some other stuff. I'm sure we'll get our first look at The Peacemaker Show, which is a continuation of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So there's going to be a lot going on movie-wise at, at DC Fandom uh, this October. And final thing with, with the show today. I do want to talk about Mortal Kombat. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to go see it in theaters. It just it didn't work out for me, um, just with with things going on. Uh, so I, I did watch it on on HBO Max, and despite some <laughs> some streaming hiccups, it it was fairly clear. And man, that it was it was fun. It was a fun movie to watch. It it really pushed those that R rating, hundred percent. Um. But worthwhile, because it is Mortal Kombat. I mean, a Mortal Kombat movie without gore is how you got 1995's Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. This movie improves on that. And while there is some cheese, which is is, is expected, there's there's cheese. They ham it up in, in the games, too. Uh, this movie follows the lore so well. 
so well. And yes, I know that the new character Cole is not in the games or anything like that, but I, I did like the story and how it played out. Um, it centers around Hanzo, Hasashi, of course, Scorpion, which is a great way to, to do it. Um, they go back to the original story with the original uh, Sub-Zero, Bihan, who ends up becoming a villain, and they kind of tease that with his... his um, he's wearing more darker armor. The the thing I didn't like is is the masks on, on Scorpion and Sub-Zero. They were just, like, weird and clunky and big and just, of all things, just probably could have been redone in the film. Um, I, I don't understand why they picked Cabal as one of the, the fighters uh, for Shang Tsung. And overall, it was really fun. Uh, like I said, the, they pushed the R rating hard, and it, they do full-on real fatalities. Kung Lao was was probably one of the best parts of the movie and him, him doing his teleporting, which was really cool to see. And uh, what else was I going to say? Other than that, it overall it's really good. Like I said, it's it's just it's a fun movie to watch. Um, it, it I would say eight out of ten. Uh, like I said, though it's rated R, so probably don't want to watch with kids because that's a hard R when when it comes to gore and violence. But if if they play Mortal Kombat, then uh, then I guess it definitely sets up a sequel, and and I think it it will probably get one based on how well it's performing on on HBO Max and how well it did at the the box office as well, and. Like I said, the Kung Lao stuff was really cool. The masks were really weird, though. Uh, Kano is probably one of the best characters in the film, and there's a lot of memes right now of him like carrying the movie. He did get annoying, though, at, at parts. Um, there there are parts of the movie that are just kind of like, wait, what's going on? But at the end of the day, it's a, it's just it's a video game movie telling the story of Mortal Kombat. You don't need to think too deeply. But... There, there were things that seemed a little rushed, and it, it did come off as like a B movie at points, um, not as like cheesy or or anything like the original Mortal Kombat. But there, there are stuff that could have been improved upon. Um, but like I said, it was entertaining, it was fun, it it followed the game. That's why it's a solid eight out of ten, N- not higher. Like I said, there there are some detractors, um, but it, it's 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 an eight because it was fun, it was entertaining, and I and I did enjoy it. But that's it for Nixner news this week. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, I'm just cutting it short today on the episode because I, I just have a massive headache. I am not I am not feeling 100%. So I, I tried to do as much as I could for you guys this week. But as always, thanks for stopping by. Um, also, when you get a chance, why don't you stop by nixternews.com as well, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or, if you like to listen to the show on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and uh, Apple podcast pages. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tabs where you can find our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We post a lot of fun memes, have a lot of fun over there. And that way you guys can see all our feeds in one place, or you can choose to follow us on your preferred platform of choice. As always, guys, I am Nick. I am your host. Thank you guys for listening. Give a like, share, subscribe. Any one of those things will help. And I will catch you guys on the flip side.